everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we are so appreciative of the feedback we've gotten from this year's Kosher Halftime Show. Thank you all very, very much. We really appreciate it. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, General Manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network and Traffic Cop. You can find me here right... I know, you like that I remember to add that, don't you? Mm-hmm. Okay. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nachum's live lunch. Hey, good morning to Yoni. Good morning. How are you? It's I like when you just said the whole kosher half. I was like, wow, that was this week oh still. God, I like, know. Like, I know. First of all... four days ago. Right. So let's... I mean, we could briefly go through everything that's already taken place this week, both here at the network and, you know, in life and, you know, in Congress. Sure, yes. <laughs> But what to be said? There's it's it's been labor dick. But that's for the next show, right? But we're gonna do oh, we're gonna do most of that. We're gonna do most of that in uh, during the live lunch today, starting at eleven o'clock, as we uh, join Nahum as he hosts a live lunch every Thursday. So we will talk a lot about that then. That's true, and we will do our own behind the scenes kosher halftime show review and we will also discuss uh seeing ashley blaker at the soho playhouse Mm -hmm. yesterday that was fun we'll discuss all of that but yoni this is your this was your fourth kosher halftime show at least yeah fourth 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 right because i've been here four and a half or so yeah fourth fourth kosher halftime show and oh so the 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 first one you did was was kunzler i where was that? You know what? It might be my fifth. I did leave. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Yoni, you've been with us that wow. long. Lord. Wow. <laughs> I know that's crazy. Yeah, that's. I don't. I'm trying to figure out the math. Like, I guess that works out though. Yeah. Oh, that's Lipa, right. Lipa Kunstler, Ohad. You were at Lipa. Now uh, I remember Atlanta, that Saturday night, right? Then, yeah. <laughs> is there a reason you remember that? <laughs> yeah, there uh, is actually. Um, that's I think crazy. that night, by the way, we went straight to Israel, right? No. You sure not? Positive. We did not go. We did not leave. No. No, it was a Saturday night. I know, but I think we did. Or the next day, we went to Israel. I mean, we've done that before, where the next day we've just, you know, hightailed it out of here and gone somewhere. But no, I don't think it was that night. Um, But either way, we will do a recap of the five years of the Kosher Halftime Show in Yoni's life. Um, Also probably, I know, crazy, right? That might be for a different show. Really? Yeah. All right. I, I don't know. I wanted to discuss that, but fine. You just you just totally tanked that. But my thanks to everyone involved in the Kosher Halftime Show. Of course, everyone involved in the credits. You can check everyone out in the credits. I do really want to thank um, Detective Barbieri at the 4th Precinct at in Nassau County. The 4th Precinct is responsible basically for the five towns. I mean, for all intents and purposes, they're the ones who keep me, my family, and everyone around me safe. Right. That That's, you know... That's the end all and be all. Um, we did ask someone to reach out to the 4th Precinct on our behalf before we started filming that day on Central and Cedarhurst because we really did not want to seem like we were trying to give anybody trouble, to be totally honest with you. And the 4th Precinct was just wonderful. They were totally accommodating and actually supportive. And, and I think they liked our product. I really do think I like that product because I haven't Seems heard. Like a, yeah, because yeah, because I haven't heard to the contrary. Frankly, we've gotten so much f- positive feedback about this year's Kosher Halftime Show that um, anybody who says otherwise or who has something you know negative to say, I appreciate it. I certainly do. But just know, most people like it. Right. It, it, it was a winner. It was certainly a winner. So thank you to Mayor Kay, and thank you to Simcha Liner, who Lord knows was a good sport, and Shimmy Sokol. And I also want to give a shout-out to Arya Kunstler, who um, was really there voluntarily that Sunday, that morning when we were doing the filming at, on the corner of Central and Seedhurst. That was a fun surprise. 
Yes, and it was freezing. <laughs> it was a ridiculously cold morning to be pulling this off, but at least the sun was shining and it wasn't snowing, and we were all good with that. But it was really, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal time, and we thank everyone who was involved in yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure Ashley was happy that uh, he wasn't in, the, Correct. in that scene. Correct. He was indoors. Indoors. You know. He was in all of the indoor filming. That's true. Um, we are going to do the national holidays. Today is Canadian Maple Syrup Day. Cool. Right. So I already posted on my West Wing group because there's a whole thing about Canadian maple syrup. And so chicken and waffles for dinner? I Actually, I was thinking about it. Isn't that funny? Nice. Because um, I do have a power of waffle maker, but we'll talk about that another time. It's dry bean day. No idea why we're celebrating dry beans, but- um, They you deserve know, a day. They deserve a day. It's International Frozen Yogurt Day. Cool. Where are we going? Shout out to high school girls everywhere. <laughs> yep. I like frozen yogurt. I know, but you like like strawberry yeah, frozen strawberry, yogurt. Yeah. It's like whatever. Um, it's also Lame Duck Day, National Sweater Day, and Play Monopoly Day. Also, I want to mention that tomorrow is Wear Red Day, and Wear Red Day is the first Friday in February. We wear red to um, show support for families who have family for families who have family members or loved ones who are suffering from heart disease or to show support for those who are suffering from from heart disease and as well to to draw attention to the progress and the innovation that has been made in curing heart disease and showing support to everyone um in that arena. And so if you have anything wet, red to wear, wear it tomorrow. Um, I actually, one of my kids asked me if I could go to, get this, we could go to Party City tonight so she could get a whole bunch of red oh, things. Nice. I'm like, it's not color war. <laughs> We're not going to Party That's City. Terrible. Right. That's, I, I'm like, find a scarf and put it on. But um, but either way, wear red day is tomorrow. Um I'm I am I'm super excited for my guest. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And 15 years ago, 15 years ago, a groundbreaking book was published by Art Scroll, and it was it, its impact. I don't I don't believe could have been um, predicted. And I will explain why. But Kosher by Design Kids in the Kitchen launched or was published 15 years ago. And Susie Fishbein, author of uh, Kids in the Kitchen and of the Kosher by Design series, joins us this morning. I want to say before I introduce, officially introduce Susie, that not only is she unbelievably talented, and so I respect her a tremendous amount, both for her talent and in her cookbook writing talents, but also she's just a really good person. Susie, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And happy 15th anniversary. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so the, the, the decision to make mention of the anniversary came through. I My family got me an aura picture frame. So I had to go through all my old pictures to see what I wanted to put on this new digital frame. And I came across a picture that if you go on the Susie Fishbein's fan page on Facebook, or on my Instagram page, you can see it was from the promo, the, the press media kit from when Kosher by Design Kids in the Kitchen had come out. And I think that was the third or the fourth book in the series. I think it was the third book in the series. Um, and I was looking at the picture and all of those beautiful little kids mm. are now adults <laughs> with real lives and jobs. And many of them are married. One of them is a rabbi. Oh I mean, they gosh. all have these, you know, great, rich lives. And I was just, thinking back like wow how much time has passed and how these kids are no longer kids and they cook their way you know through that book and and on and 
just, you know, I wanted to take a moment to, to note that and, and shout that out and celebrate it. Um, and I thought that was kind of a cool way to do it. Oh, it certainly was a cool way to do it. And um, I can't tell you how many people I've mentioned it to who, of course, we all have it. I mean, let's all be honest. We all have it. <laughs> and um, I, I, I shudder to find one person who doesn't have the entire series. I haven't met that person yet who doesn't own all of Kosher by Designs. But um, I, I mean, I don't even know what they would be. But I, every person <laughs> I have told that this book is 15 years old, not only have they have they responded with, oh, my gosh, where is the time? I'm gone, but they've also responded with, man, am I old? Because <laughs> because we remember when that book came out. And it, I, I don't think it occurred to anyone how groundbreaking this concept would be. And, and I want to explain why. Because one the, the beautiful thing about Kids in the Kitchen, and I can say this because my book, my, my copy is as weathered as the sitter that I use on a regular basis. That's how, <laughs> that's how well used it is. But, but nobody got the fact that you were not only giving recipes for kids to do in the kitchen, but to be left alone to do in the kitchen, right. to exactly. make in the kitchen. That's and what was key. And I think that, that is why that, this book more than any marks time for people because they can remember themselves for the first time in the kitchen, making something other than Rice Krispie treats or chocolate chip cookies. And for parents who remember actually leaving their kids alone in the kitchen right. or making food for their kids in that time from that book. So I think that, that why, that's why this one is much more of a time marker than any of the other books. Right. I, I would have to agree with you. I mean, I can't tell you... Um, I mean, besides the besides the OG, besides the original cookbook, I don't <laughs> I can't tell you that I remember any other of the the Kosher by Design series having a place in my memory as to what has gone on since. And right, they've just been in people's lives. They've right. just been on that counter and they came out so quickly one after another. Um that I think that it just sort of morphs, but this one stands on its own. It certainly does stand on its own, and I don't know if everybody else in their family have a song that goes along with taking out this cookbook, but we do have oh, no a... Way. I, I, I promise you. Not that you should be shocked that at the Wallach household we have a song that's, that that has the words kids in the kitchen over and over again. But there's a... Did get to hear it? Not, not live on the air, no. But, <laughs> but there I'll is a... i looking for a voice note when we hang out. Oh, don't you worry. I mean, we have a jingle. We have a kids in the kitchen jingle. And uh, the, the most weathered page, as I just opened to it and now my hands are filled with flour, the most weathered page is the sugar cookie page. And mm. I think naturally kids just want to make sugar cookies. They're fun and they're always festive. And you, of course, display them with brightly colored sanding sugar. And that's always fun. But again, mm. it goes back to the fact that even this, something that has to be shaped, something that has to, can be cut out, this can also be done by kids by themselves. Right. And, and really what I was more proud of than anything in that dessert section, because that does tend to be where kids enter the kitchen first, was really more of the actual foods of, of the things like the easy meat roast and the fajitas and some of the salads. Um, because I wanted kids to understand that cooking, you know, now obviously kids get this message because they're inundated with food and food cooking shows and YouTube people and, you know, everybody's videos on Instagram. But 15 years ago, there was none of those things. Right. Um, I wanted them to understand that this is a skill for you to develop. You know that it's not just about cooking. You know, on a on a on a Sunday with your with your friends when they come over. It's helping your family cook for Shabbos. It's being able to cook your own dinner. It's being able to help out your family. 
Um, and so the dessert section was a necessary part of it, obviously. Right. But it's really the foods that I think made more of an impression. Um, things like, the, you know, those carrot muffins and, and just some of those appetizers, some of the, the meatball recipes. And, and often I, you know, I do shows and people come to me and say, I'm really terrible in the kitchen. That kid in the kitchen saves me. I cook my whole Shabbos out of it. And these are adults. Right. And they're I, not cooking for kids. They're cooking for themselves. <laughs> I wonder how many, uh, you know, when, when, when we were getting married, it was the Purple Lubavitch cookbook. It was Spice mm-hmm. and Spirit. That was the go-to. Everything had yep. 10 sticks of margarine, but that's the way you went. And <laughs> and now I wonder if the first time... This is why we need to wear red. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Solidarity with heart disease. Um, I wonder how many first time, you know, getting married, young marrieds, are, are, are turning here because it, 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 when, when you open up kids in the kitchen, you could know nothing. You could know nothing. You could be scared of the kitchen and know that once you've completed one of these recipes, it's going to be a hit. And each one of these recipes also, whether people realize it or not, implies an, it, it imparts another skill that you use then to build off of almost like a scaffolding for other recipes either in other kosher by designs or out there in the world that you can then do. It's empowering. Correct. Correct. And with very, very little equipment. Right. Because my assumption is, you know, kids don't necessarily have access to equipment. I didn't want anything dangerous knowing that I'm recommending this for kids as young as, you know, six years old. If you can read, you can cook kind of a thing. Um, so I really kind of kept equipment out of the equation. Yeah. Not everybody is Aton Bernath with a, with a torch. <laughs> Exactly. How much fun is he? Yeah, he's he's adorable for so many reasons. You're listening yeah. to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Susie Fishbein joins me. As you know, she's a world-famous kosher cook and author. Her wildly successful Kosher by Design series has sold over 500,000 copies. We are discussing today the 15th anniversary of Kosher by Design's Kids in the Kitchen. Susie makes appearances all over the world, and Susie also works with kids every single summer. She launched a culinary institute for kids at the New Jersey Y Camps. Let's talk about that for a second, because not only did you write this cookbook and do you empower kids to be in the kitchen, but you're also telling them to put on white chef's coats and get in there and, and make gnocchi. Yeah, yeah, that that has been a dream, that project. I was hired by the New Jersey Y um, to help with the architect design and, uh, the, the, and the setting up of, like, really a first-rate culinary school. I mean, with, like, 100,000 BTU burners and an overhead mirror and um, equipment for every child. Every child gets a set of knives and a cutting board, and every two kids has a KitchenAid and a food processor. There's not a piece of equipment that each team of two kids gets that I don't have in my own kitchen. Amazing. Uh, we use sous vide machines. It's really an incredible experience. The camps, uh, the, the, the center, the Susie Fishbein and Friends, and the and Friends piece is also a sense of pride of who else comes in, who else teaches through that center. I have this summer, I have a lineup of Naomi's. I have Naomi Nachman and Naomi Elberg, who's Naomi TGIS, coming in like to give a different perspective on cooking. Um, and it services Camp Nesher and Camp Shoshanim. And the kids who go to those camps are are able to take advantage of coming in for, with me, 18 hours of instruction to really learn everything from nice skills to, an, a, a, you know, a full array of, of food. Um, and then they have the ability, if they just kind of want a sample, uh, to come in for a Naomi or a Naomi, um, like a half-day class, and, and just get a taste of what the center and what their offerings are about. Are you stunned 
at all anymore by what kids can accomplish or are you just overwhelming with pride that every single year you know you have a you have a group of students or a group I guess they're called campers um yeah they are campers and you know what Miriam I'm not because it's my expectation wow they come in they 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 put their jackets on they wash their hands their hair is back their you know their feet are covered in hard shoes and they stand there and they are ready to cook you know and there is no nonsense sometimes like a division head or someone will have to come through the center and they're always blown away they're like you have such command over the classroom I'm like yeah it doesn't really have anything to do with me it's how serious the kids take being in that room it's just something about the, the professionalism of how the room is set up that there is no nonsense. There's never, oh, come on, guys, everyone quiet down. It's they're waiting, like, for the next, you know, for, you know, for the next task. So cool. Very, very cool. Susie Fishbein joins us this morning. We are discussing 15 years of kosher by design kids in the kitchen. But, you know, initially when I when I invited you on the air to talk about this, we also wanted to promote your foodie tour through Florence, Italy, though <laughs> it's already yeah. booked. Oh, my in word. 48 hours. It was sold out, with, and now it has a waiting list. Amazing. Um, yeah, that's something that I started doing a few years ago uh, with Ralph Sloan, um, where we take a, a, um, a classroom in the Cordon Blue Cooking School and kosher it and close it off for the week. And all morning long, we see and experience everything that Florence has to offer, the museums and the shopping and um, and, and the sites and just just all the beauty and architecture of Florence. And then we go into the classroom in the afternoon and we cook and we have and enjoy a spectacular dinner. And two of the days we go out into the Tuscany region to two of the finest uh, kosher wineries out there, Terra de Seta and uh, Cantina Giuliana. And we, you know, learn all about their wine production and eat incredible meals. And it's just it's a highlight in the year for me now, and I've made friends. In fact, I'm on my way to Izzy's Fried Chicken in Brooklyn, <laughs> meeting a group of uh, my girlfriends um, from my last trip. We're, we're meeting for lunch. Fabulous. So, yeah. So it's 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 just an amazing amazing experience. You know, Susie. So many so many people come and go in in so many different industries. You know, they peak and they become popular, and you can't get them. You can't get them on the phone. And then a year later, you can get them on the phone anytime you want. And now, so many years later, um, you sell out your tour in in 48 hours. I mean, there's a tremendous amount to be said by how relevant and how popular you still are after, I mean, is it 20 years? It's just about. We're, we're closing it on 20 oh years. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. I, I, I give you a tremendous amount of credit <laughs> because not only, I mean, we could talk brands until we're both totally gray, but um, but not only have you made sure, I would say, to pace yourself, um, but you also never let it get to you. You never let it get to your head. And, and I think that part of that makes you still so relatable that 48 hours after you announce your tour, it's already sold out. Thank you. That is incredibly kind of you to say. Um, I keep my nose down and I work hard. Uh, you know, I, I keep my head down and I work hard. And I'm in front of an audience every single week. Um, you know, I do a cooking show someplace, in, usually in this country, <laughs> every single week. So I really get to see my end user. And it kind of keeps me in touch with 
what people are cooking, what trends they're looking for. I'm always looking for new ideas and new, and, and new things. And I also get really cool opportunities, you know, in consulting jobs. I did one a few years ago for the, the Chamberlain, which is this multi-million dollar apartment building in the city. And they right. called me in as a coach, a consultant to design kitchens for these seven and up to 13 or maybe even more million dollar apartments and what would the what would the kosher consumer be looking for in a lifestyle and in an apartment and most recently grand and essex um a supermarket in bergenfield hired me they're trying to up their game um in catering and so they wanted to do a, another level they already have an incredible catering department in fact they just won an award from progressive um progressive supermarkets for like i think having like the, the, the cleanest um chicken and meat counter and that's like nationwide that's not kosher supermarkets that's kosher markets in general and so they wanted that they brought me in to design a whole second tier of catering for corporate and for for people simchas and uh kiddishes so I'm, i'm still you know constantly working and i'm in front of people and i'm in front of food so i see where the trends are and where people's heads are at um so um, I just feel very lucky and blessed that these interesting opportunities keep coming my way. And the travel w- was one such offshoot. You know, that was something that when my kids were little, I never would have thought or dreamed mm. of doing. And now it's just, you know, exploding. And my group from last year wants me to design a trip someplace else. <laughs> so I have a feeling, you know, Florence might, might you know, bleed into another uh, either part of Italy or maybe even something completely new. So, you know, one opportunity, uh, you know, opens doors to others. Right. Amazing. Totally amazing. Uh, we have such little time left and I have like 400 questions left for you. So I'm going to try and do this. First of all, I want you to know that I quote you all the time. Why? Because I know in a good way, in a good way, I promise. Um, because you had once said that after you finish a cookbook, you take a day off and then you start again on the next one. Yeah. And that was, that was my that was my mantra. That's right. how I got them all done in such a short amount of time. But I think it's so important in terms of work ethic that um and in terms of staying real that I have used that. I have quoted you on that so many times because yeah, it's good to take a beat and it's good to take a day off and then roll your sleeves up and get back at what you're doing. So I want you to know that I found that 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 mindset, that work ethic so inspiring that I tell other people. Um, I also learned a tremendous amount from you at a cooking demonstration. I think you did in pomegranate. Was it pomegranate? It could have been pomegranate where you talked about your, I think it was the farmer cheese loaf in the first cookbook. And, uh, or maybe it wasn't at that demonstration, but you joked that you assumed no one had ever tasted it because there was no picture. Mm-hmm. And it taught me a tremendous amount about the importance, the visual in making, in, in, in creating a cookbook and in, in just tying in both the visual, um, you know. Ex- and that's such a dated comment, Miriam, because there is no chance that any, any food, book, recipe, blog, post could ever exist today right. without a picture. And the recipe was actually for something incredible sounding. It's for a caramelized goat cheese strudel with a red wine Merlot sauce, something that anybody would want to eat. But if you saw it and it was a full page and there was no picture, which it did, it's just in the original kosher by design, nobody ever made it, never saw the light of day. So that, 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 that concept is like so foreign, like 
of course, it, of course, it would be a picture. Right. And it's, first of all, thank you for clarifying which recipe it was. You're 100 percent right. But I but Miriam Pascal joined me on the air just a number of weeks ago. And I said this to her and she looked at me. And she's like, of course, every recipe has a has a picture. Like, right. you know, again, right. it was it, it was just it was then. So it, it's I learned that by kids in the kitchen because I did kosher by design, kosher by design entertains. And we we did a lot of pictures. I mean, we certainly were very generous in, in, in the right. photography. But I already was then doing cooking classes and hearing everything must need a picture. Everything needs a picture. So kids in the kitchen, everything has a picture. And going forward, you'll never find in any of my books a recipe without a picture after that. And I want to tell you the most popular, most popular recipe in this entire cookbook. And I think you'd be shocked. Do you know what is, you know what is constantly made at the Wallach household? What? The breakfast burrito. Oh, that's a popular one in the fish pie now. (laughs) The breakfast burrito is everything you want. In, in in a wrap and everything and everything you want your kids to eat it's got vegetables it's got protein it's got <laughs> it's it's everything it's like the perfect package you can take it to go you take it's, it it's to a go perfect package exactly it is the perfect package and um <laughs> it's 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 i want you to know something i'm looking through this now and i'm looking at my kids favorites and they all come from here and I really, I have to thank you for that because, yeah, I mean, I like when my kids are in the kitchen. I also like when they leave me alone in the kitchen, let's be honest. But, yeah. uh, but, but this really, you know, you hand this book to a kid and you say, go do it. And they can. And that's a credit to you. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I thank you for joining. Yes, I know, Yoni. I have to wrap it up. Yes, yes, yes. I know. All right. Always fun chatting <laughs> with you. Sorry, Yoni. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Yoni. <laughs> Susie, continued Hatzlacha to you. And um, I just love your posts and hearing all your updates. So just keep thank doing you. what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Thank you so much. My pleasure. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Susie Fishbein. She really is just, just wonderful. The live lunch starts in just a few moments at the top of the hour. And um, and uh, Nachum joins us. Yeah, Yoni. <laughs> Nachum joins us, or I should say we join Nachum at 11 o'clock. And, of course, at 1 o'clock, it's Throwback Thursday. The Arab Shabbos Show, hosted by Mark Zomik, brought to you by our friends at Kedem, begins at 7 p.m. Join Nachum tomorrow. Join Nachum tomorrow morning as he hosts JM in the AM starting at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Malcolm Holmline is on tomorrow morning for the weekly update. He'll join Nachum at 7.40 in the morning. And of course, I mean, I could go through the rest of the lineup for the weekend, but the most important thing to mention is that there's a YU Max game this Motzei Shabbat. What time is tip-off? 8.30 p.m. Don't miss that. You can also watch it on Max Live. You can, you cannot. I have one person. Who doesn't want to be there? Who doesn't want to be there? Of course. I mean, what am I kidding? Of course we want to be there. Anyway, continuing with our kids theme today, Mendy Dukes, son of Sarah Dukes, who on his own is a composer and a singer, wrote a number of songs in honor of his bar mitzvah and in memory of a cousin of his who passed away at a very young age. He sent me this uh, one of these tracks yesterday. This is Via Hafta by the young 13-year-old and talented Mendy Dukes. Enjoy it, everybody. That's life, guys. Bye.